As women, our birth stories are an important part of who we are. But unfortunately, the birth plan we pictured in our heads can unravel before our eyes and lead to serious medical interventions, such as a cesarean. So how do you heal from the unexpected turn of events? Or, if a scheduled cesarean is the only option, how do you learn to accept this outcome and birth with love and awareness? I'm Shelly Rahim, a birthing from within childbirth mentor and prenatal yoga instructor, and this is Preggy Pals, episode 56. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Have you joined our Preggy Pals Club? Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You'll also get a free subscription to Pregnancy Magazine. So you can see our website, preggypals.com, if you'd like some more information. Thanks to everyone who is listening to this episode through our awesome Preggy Pals app. It's available in the Apple and Android marketplace. This is the best way to listen on the go, like when you're out pushing your stroller or waiting for your next OB appointment. And it's absolutely free, so you can download your app today. All right, let's introduce our panelists here in the studio. You guys know me. I'm Sunny. I am 35 years old. I am pregnant again with my third baby. Uh, um, Due date, actually, I haven't even had my first appointment yet, but um, I'm assuming it's the beginning of December. That's what Baby Center tells me. Um, And obviously, I don't know the gender yet. I have two little boys at home, Urban and Sayer. Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie Sawfeld. I am just about to turn 30. Um, I'm a gemologist by trade, but I am now a producer for Preggy Pals. Um, we love to have you here. <laughs> I had my baby girl, Savannah, in January of this year. So she's just about four months old. And we did have an unplanned cesarean. Okay. And Lada, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm Lada Srinivasan, and um, I'm 36, and I'm a homemaker. I already have a baby, 17 months, Anushka, and I'm uh, pregnant again with twins this time. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm due in September, and I had an unplanned C-section the first time. Okay. All right. Hoping to avoid a C-section this time, I'm assuming. But with twins, it's kind of hard to... I know they like to take them early, you know. Well, this is the fight I've been having with uh, my doctors, but yeah. I'm hoping for the best. And uh, let's see how yes. they even turn out to be. We're in your corner, Lada. We're, we're, we're rooting for you. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Tracy, what about you? Hi, my name is Tracy Jackier, and I'm 39. Um, by profession, I'm a social worker, but right now I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have a four-year-old daughter named Kaya, and I just had my son Asher, and he is now six weeks old. Um, I also had two cesarean births, and the first one was 
planned, but it was planned near the end of the pregnancy. So I had like the whole nine months to prepare for a natural birth, and then I ended up having to go with a C-section. So um, that's that's the type of birth I, I had. So. Yeah, and I forgot to mention my types of birth. Um, my first son was a vaginal birth, um, but I had some complications with him. And then moving forward with my second, they said, you know, we can't tell you you have to have a cesarean, but you basically have to have a cesarean or these complications can erupt and turn into stuff you don't even want to deal with. Um, and so my second was a planned cesarean. I knew from the very beginning. After my first son was born, they told me, hey, future babies need to be C-section. So I knew even before getting pregnant. Um, that it needed to be a cesarean. So we are in the cesarean club here today. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Here's a question from one of our listeners. This comes from Jamie from Maine. And Jamie says, I had stitches with my last C-section and my scar healed beautifully. My new OB had a hard time even finding it. It had healed so well. My new OB does staples but said he would do stitches if I prefer. Apparently, he thinks staples heal better and the scar looks better. He said my staples would be removed before I left the hospital. But I had such great success with the stitches. I'm worried about the staples not healing as well as the scar being ugly. And Jamie, I just have to say before we pass this on to our experts, um, I had a C-section. I was very concerned about staples too. Actually, I didn't even think to ask the question of staples versus stitches, but I had heard bad things about staples. And I have to say, um, I'm pretty pleased with my scar, but I also, um, you know, I also did hear that it depends on the OB. So anyways, let's get um, a take on this from our resident OB, Dr. Capitan. Hi, Jamie. This is Dr. Nicholas Kaftanakis. I'm an OBGYN in San Diego, California, and I think you pose an excellent question. The debate rages, do staples or stitches prevent scarring? Both sides have their viewpoints, but I will tell you that if you talk with plastic surgeons and look at the latest written literature, you probably will have less scarring with sutures versus staples. Now, that's not everybody, but overall, closing with sutures probably will give you a better result. The other thing is you've already had a great result and you know how you're going to respond. Your OBGYN can always get the operative report and see what sutures were used and use the exact same sutures and hope for the excellent outcome that you did receive. The proponents of using staples will always tell you that they feel that once you place the staple, it stays in for three days and then it gets removed, that there isn't a foreign body and that your body does not necessarily respond to the breakdown of the suture material, which may cause less scarring. Sounds great in theory. I don't think it's panned out as well as they'd like. Again, I don't think either way I've seen excellent closures from staples and sutures, but I will tell you that I do prefer suturing and you can always talk with your OB and let them know that and you know the majority of OBs are willing to suture uh, that incision close. Good luck with everything. If you have any questions let us know and have a great delivery and a great rest of your week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 
Today's episode is very important because it deals with how to process and overcome unpleasant feelings associated with having an unwanted cesarean section. We have three panelists here in the studio, including myself, whose birth plans did not involve C-sections, and still that's how our children were born. For all of our pregnant listeners out there, this episode is not intended to scare you. We certainly don't want to do that, but it is information we believe will be helpful should you find yourself in a similar situation, and of course, we want you to be as prepared as possible. Shelly Rahim is our expert. She is a birthing from within mentor and a prenatal yoga instructor. Shelly, welcome to our show. Thank you. So before we dive into how we heal from this, because that is the focus of the episode, I think first we need to share more about our experiences. And because we do have three panelists plus myself here in the studio, unfortunately, we can't spend a lot of time sharing our our birth stories. But I still wanted to give our listeners um, an idea of where we're all coming from. So Stephanie, I'd like to start with you. and share some brief things about your birth, the type of birth that you wanted, um, how you knew that you needed a C-section, what led up to that, and then your feelings after the birth. Um, Okay, so with it being, you know, my first, I didn't really know what to expect. So I wasn't, you know, saying I was going to for sure have a natural birth, but I was just, you know, going to play it by ear and see what happened. And um, so going into it, I, I started having contractions and Ended up having prodromal labor for a few days, so just labor that didn't progress. And um, finally, after after a few days of, the, of constant contractions, then I woke up one morning and was like, oh, okay, this is the real thing. Oh, okay, so more intense so, contractions. Yeah. So I went to the hospital. I was four centimeters, but I was exhausted already because I had been having contractions for three days. Um, so I did end up getting an epidural right away. And um, so, you know, naturally just progressed. I, you know, got to the stage of pushing, um, and I ended up pushing for three hours. And Savannah was just, um, she was posterior, so she was sunny side up, and her head was tilted back. So they couldn't turn her, and I had had the epidural, so I couldn't do, you know, different positions to try and turn her back. Um, So I ended up uh, with the C-section. So I... I pretty much had no warning. <laughs> They're mm. like, you know what? You've pushed enough. You're exhausted. Let's just do this. She's got to come out. Yeah. And how did you feel when they suggested the C-section? What was going through your mind at that point? Uh, part of me, I mean, just I was so tired and I just wanted it done. Uh, part of me was like, do it already. Just cut me open mm-hmm. right the second. I don't need more drugs. Just do it. <laughs> um, and then... The other part of me was just so disappointed because mm-hmm. I had already put in so much work. Sure. And so I feel like I had two births in one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, it for her, too, she they ended up having to use forceps to get her out uh, in the C-section because she was so wow. pushed into my pelvis. Yeah. Because you, could, you had progressed so far. I, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I was dilated all the way, you know, and I and she was just knocking against <laughs> my 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 bones so oh my goodness her little head was so misshapen <laughs> she was not a typical c-section baby oh. that's for sure so how did you feel after all this went down oh i felt Tired, like i missed probably. yeah well but I, but I felt like i missed out i felt like um what i had hoped for just you know all went out the window and i felt uh removed from it a little mm-hmm. bit like i was on the outside looking in because my husband had to do everything, and he was amazing. He was absolutely wonderful, and he 
you know, I couldn't get out of the hospital bed for two days. And, and yeah. even then when I did, that was that was not fun because all my energy was just completely gone. Right. And um, so he he did everything. And I felt like he got that bond with her first when I, you know, I was like, that's my bond. I should yeah. have that bond. But I, I couldn't get up to change her diaper. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do any of the things that I had hoped to do yeah. when she was born. So it was disappointing. And it was, you know, I, I felt guilt. I felt all kinds of emotions. Guilt you know, for that it wasn't a natural birth? Guilt? Guilt that, um, just, I guess, guilt for not having that the initial bond. bond with her. But, you know, yeah. that all, that got better after. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I got that eventually. But What kind of feelings are you having now about it? She's, what, four months old? Yeah, she's four months old. Um, I still have... I, I, you know, I've, I've come to terms with it. Obviously, you know, there's nothing I could have done differently. Right. You know, it just, it happened the way it needed to happen. But, um, you know, I still have like weird pains and, you know, I still have the ugly scar that I look at all the time and yeah. I'm just like, you know, yuck, I, I right. wish it didn't have to happen that way. Yeah. And so not having been able to prepare for it, I, you know, maybe I still have some, some feelings towards it, but right. You know, it was it was what was meant to happen. Sure. <laughs> okay, thank you for sharing that. Lata, tell us a little bit more about your experience. Well, um, I was prepared for a normal vaginal birth, and I had taken Shelley's uh, prenatal yoga, and I was this warrior, and I knew I would have a, n- a normal birth. So this w- I was, like, confident about it. I even signed up for a doula, so I went prepared. Sure. And, um, well, like Stephanie, I also had... Um, I had these contractions for about a day before and it didn't progress much and then after one whole day and night um, in the morning the contractions were intense and I went to the hospital and I was already six centimeters by then and um, well then they admitted and they waited and uh, nothing happened so they broke my water bag and then I advanced to seven and that's it. I was there till the whole time. I My body didn't uh, respond to anything else. Mm. So they could not wait any longer. And then they had to give me, um, they had to give me some amount of pitocin so that my labor would advance. And my body didn't respond to anything. And I was exhausted by then because I hadn't slept for a whole day. And... Right. Um, there was no rest and my back was hurting like crazy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let my husband move. He had to hold my back all the time. So um, towards the evening, um, they said that my body is uh, very stiff and I would have to relax. So they gave me epidural and I slept. And when I woke up, the doctor told me that I would have to go for a C-section because they have waited long enough. When I I got to know that, I cried. I broke down. It was terrible. But um, I think it was necessary for me to cry, to let all those emotions, that whole uh, pent-up energy out. Mm-hmm. And after that, um, I accepted it. Somehow, it just came to me. Like, you know, I, I'm not feeling cheated. I tried everything. Mm-hmm. I uh, I did the right things. And if my body is not responding... I know there is this mind and body conflict right now, but I would have to go one way. So I kind of accepted this, 
that this is a way you know they have taken the right decision now and i'm not feeling cheated after you were able to process it and maybe in the coming weeks afterwards how did you feel about your cesarean did it did it stay with you as something listen this is what i had to do and were you able to move past it or is it still something that's in your head it still keeps coming back and then you feel like you know i i did everything why me mm-hmm. but then this is something that had to be so you you just feel that there is something beyond you and that controls and then you're not in control of everything all the time right so right. this is what i felt and you know whatever it is i have to come back and accept it this is what happened right right because it is in the past it is something that's already happened i think so many times we beat ourselves up like what could we have done differently or whatever but it is in the past and and we have a tendency to dwell on it and honestly thank goodness that we have medical technology like cesareans for women who are at a point where their bodies aren't going to continue the natural way that got intended so you know thankfully we we do have this um ability to still be able to give birth to our babies and have healthy babies and i think sometimes we don't you know I don't know, think about that <laughs> a lot. It's more about, well, I didn't have the birth that I wanted as opposed to the baby's here and the baby's healthy and I'm healthy and maybe it wasn't the way I had it in my head, but that's the most important thing, right? So, um, Tracy, tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, just like Lata, I had planned most of my pregnancy um, to have a natural birth or at least try to. Uh, I had spoken with a doula and maybe even doing a home birth. Mm -hmm. I was a little concerned because I have asthma and some at-risk stuff. Mm -hmm. My daughter would not go head down. She would not engage. And um, I actually had my baby in Boulder, Colorado, where they very are very dedicated to having natural birth. They don't allow you to schedule C-sections or anything like that. And my doctor said, you know, I think we should probably schedule and you can wait and see how it goes. And I was devastated, you know, in that moment. I was devastated. I had prepared. I had taken prenatal yoga. I was the warrior. I did birth blessings and all these different things to, you know, to be that woman that I needed to be or whatever, you know, have that courage and strength and do it naturally. But, um, you know, a big part of who I am and the wisdom I've gained over time is acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's a huge thing for women is to, you know, have your determination and your your plan and, and your desires, but understand, like Lato was saying, and I completely agree with you, you know, that you don't have control over everything. Right. And I, so I had to um, really just accept the fact that what I had planned for so long and what I wanted wasn't going to happen. But then I also was blessed with the gift to prepare for it because it ended up being scheduled. Mm-hmm. It was only a couple weeks before, but still it was it was enough to accept the change and to embrace it and to recognize that, you know what, this isn't about me. This is about my child. Right. And she is offering me some wisdom that I don't know about. And it was really actually an inspiring experience for me mm-hmm. and really allowed me to go back to my heart and to love and to recognize that really this isn't about me. This is something about this gift and this blessing that's coming my way. And it it just became this beautiful experience for me. And and I would describe it as um, just very peaceful and pleasant because, you know, I had embraced what was going to happen. And I just decided maybe my daughter knows, because I knew I was having a girl, you know, that my body wasn't going to be able to handle that. And she wanted me to be around. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I would have died. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, and so 
I was open to it, and and the experience was sh- shockingly pleasant. Um, you know, I, I by the way, I was I'd never been in a hospital in my entire life, so that was my first time. I was very nervous, and it was very sterile, and yeah. the lights and everything, and there were so many people in the room, and they were all just talking about random stuff. But I I was just really just trying to stay in the heart and with my breath, and trying to keep my body calm so that the baby felt as calm as possible. Um, and then afterwards, they brought her over right away, and they put her lips on my lips, and we kissed, and it was like this magical moment. <laughs> also, when they pressed on my stomach, they they induced a contraction, and not a lot of women have told me that they've had this experience, like nobody, but I literally felt like I had seen God, like this rush of feeling came over me, and I thought, maybe that's what it feels like when the baby comes out of you, like mm-hmm. the vaginal birth. It was so magical. I bursted into tears and it was just it was to me it was this amazing moment. So I was I was very grateful for that. And um mm-hmm. yeah, and then I did have similar experience to Stephanie where I I was really drugged out afterwards and Right. But it gave um her father the opportunity to bond and a lot of times um you know, men maybe don't have that experience cuz the women want to do it all. But, you know, he got to deal with all that stuff, and I just got to observe him doing it. And so that was quite interesting. I mean, I did breastfeeding, and then the other thing, I was very blessed. My milk came in within two hours of the surgery. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I Your full fil- supply? Full supply. Like, well, the, the milk had come in by the next morning. Wow. And I had filled up the entire refrigerator. <gasps> all the nurses were coming in. They were laughing. They were asking me to be a donor because it was just, it was so bizarre because especially for a C-section. Yeah. Even for a natural birth, it can take several days. But right. Yeah, so... I had a fortunately a very good experience, and with um, with my son that I just had less, you know, six weeks ago, um, I did wrestle with should I do a VBAC. Mm-hmm. My doctor basically convinced me that based on my health issues, it, it wouldn't be the best choice. Right. So I wrestled with that because uh, I met a lot of women who were like, "Well, maybe you should consider that," and I just decided to to schedule it again, and it was. It was even easier, and it was just as magical. So, yeah. you know, I think the big thing for me is just, you know, it's it's great to be determined and to be passionate about your choices and, and really know what you want, but recognize so you don't suffer through the process and you stick with, you keep perspective on what's important, mm-hmm. which is really your health, the baby's health, and that you're getting this beautiful blessing. So wh- however it comes out, to try not to be attached to the outcome of it. Right. Good advice. Ladies, what is one word you would use to describe your cesarean experience? Well, I do think cesarean is an uh, amazing technology, but what I would use to describe it is defeat because that's what I felt. I felt so defeated that's that I had one. to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tracy? Uh well, because mine was scheduled, I would say surprisingly pleasant because, you know, I had never been in the hospital and they really know how to take care of you. And I mean, I had my baby in 25 minutes. Yeah. So in my arms. Right. You know. It's a whole other experience. I was like, yeah. wow, that was fast, you know, yeah. and it's, it's scary. It is very scary. And it's kind of a strange experience, you know, knowing that they're doing all these things to your body, but you can't feel it and you're awake. Right. But I do appreciate being awake because um, I think it's important. And I had to hold the courage for both of us. Right. So. Right. 
I think if I had to pick a word, it would probably be surreal. And you actually use this word, Stephanie. So maybe maybe you want to tag on to my word. Um, because after, you know, my experience was that, you know, it was planned. I knew from the moment my first child was born that any future births were going to be cesarean. So I... I had a really rough time in the beginning processing that, and I didn't understand why, and it, it was just a very difficult process for me. But by the time, you know, it was time to um, have the cesarean, I felt like it was surreal because everything was so regimented, and I had had the experience of having a vaginal birth with my first, where nothing was really planned. I forgot my birth plan at home. It wasn't, it, everything was off the wall. Um, but it was kind of good, um, and it was refreshing and whatever. So my cesarean was very, like, planned and structured, and I that's not what I thought birth should be. So I think it was very hard for me to, you know, kind of grasp the whole situation. Um, I remember the morning of, and it's like, we're just, you know, my husband and I were brushing our teeth and, you know, getting ready to go to the hospital. We're going to have a baby today, you know? Like, it's <laughs> like, what? You know, I had to keep telling myself that this was happening, you know? It just, you know, it seemed so surreal to me. Um, and then once he was here, I was just like, how, how did you come out? I don't understand. Like, you know, I didn't physically see you come out and I didn't have one contraction and um, like you said it was like 30 minutes and then they're in your arms and you're like what what just happened um so I just felt like it just happened so fast it just and I even had months and months and months to prepare it wasn't like I didn't know it was going to happen I knew it was going to happen um but for me just very surreal would you say that's a good uh, word yeah and I'm going to go with out of body if I can call that just Mm -hmm. one word (laughs) okay it qualifies (laughs) we'll hyphenate yes yes um yeah, out of body experience. Yeah. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to hear uh, from Shelly. I know Shelly's been kind of quiet this first section, but that's because we've been all sharing our experiences. So we're going to talk with Shelly about steps that we can take to overcome any negative feelings that we have, whether our cesarean births were planned or if it's something that's last minute. So we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Today we're discussing how to heal from an unwanted cesarean birth. Shelly Rahim is our expert. She is a birthing from within mentor and prenatal yoga instructor. She also works with moms healing um, from birth trauma. So Shelly, I know you've been with us all along, but welcome to Preggy Pals. Thank you for being here. Um, I wanted to talk about advice that you have um, for people. It's kind of a two-parter. First, let's talk about women who know that they're going to have a cesarean section. So on some level, it's planned. In other words, they didn't go into natural birth. You know, they didn't have the contractions and all that kind of stuff. Um, And that is basically what myself and Tracy experienced. We knew in advance. It was something we had to process beforehand. 
I'm not sure that that makes it any easier. You've got more time to think about this happening to you. Um, But for women who are in that position, whether you know months in advance, you know the day before or whatever, um, what are some advice that you have in order to process this and to overcome these feelings that we have of not wanting this cesarean and not wanting this experience we're about to have? That's a really good question. And I think that Tracy um, so eloquently explained um, some of the things that she did intuitively to to prepare and to really connect to the experience is what is is really good advice wise advice to how women can really go into this go into the pre-op and and um, stay in their heart and breathe into their heart and breathe the connection with their baby and and um, and watch the mind and have a good sense of um, awareness of our of the way the mind will go down different paths that aren't really the healthiest places to be, such as, you know, how could I have prevented this? If, if I would have done this or I would have done that and start blaming ourselves or blaming others. And instead of, you know, following that path, really just coming back to the breath. And it's a, it's a discipline, it's a practice, and it's really difficult. But if you can apply it in these situations where we're really called inward to um, to, to, to really be present then as a mother, you'll be able to tap into that throughout life. And then, you know, when the cesarean is actually happening, you know, saying any kind of affirmation, if you have time ahead, you can plan out, you know, I am birthing my baby. I am birthing my baby. I am, you know, so connected to my baby. Whatever whatever affirmation you can keep, say, as these, these are all angels here helping you to be born. You know, see the team as as a really beautiful team of people all bringing you birth, helping me to birth you mm-hmm. so that you don't feel helpless and powerless because it can be very demoralizing and helpless and powerless when you're just lying there and you're numb. But you again go back to the mind and the heart and the soul and you connect to that baby and practice that connection during pregnancy and it'll come very naturally in the birth. Um, and then immediately after that baby comes out, um, they will take the baby right over to the warmer and do, you know, do all the checking in. And, th- and then that's where the dad can come in, just like Stephanie was saying. You know, he was right there. He got to see the baby. Um, but he can have a really crucial role in bringing that baby over quickly. You know, as long as everything is healthy and good, we don't need to fuss around for 5, 10, 15 minutes. We can bring that baby right over cheek to cheek just like Tracy said kiss that baby like bring that baby as soon because that mom every when she's lying there on that table every fiber of her being is telling her that baby needs to be on my chest yeah that's true. and she's aching physically for that baby on her chest but also neurologically it's a response in the body physiologically ev- hormonally it is like survival instinct I need the baby on my chest and so that has to be acknowledged and honored immediately. And so, so if that father can be that person to bring that baby over and smell like right there, cheek to cheek, and even turn the baby. So here's what happens. That's a lot of times the, the dads or the nurse will bring the baby over and say, here's your baby. But they, but they actually, she's seeing the baby upside down. Yeah, it's awkward. It's awkward. Yeah. So if it, it's, it takes a little extra effort, but if the dad or the nurse can turn the baby, it takes a little extra handling, kind of awkward to handle, but turn the baby in a way so that she's lying there and, and the mama can see the baby's face, but not upside down, if that makes sense to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Not upside down, then that actually that memory of that baby's face goes right into her soul. 
And so the separation is not as hard. Yeah, because, I mean, I just had him six weeks ago, so it's still really fresh for me. My husband looked over and watched them pull him out. But when he, they put him over the sheet so I could see his face, I couldn't, I mean, it was like, I was just, he was so adorable. I just couldn't believe it, you know. And all those things you're talking about, Shelly, we actually did. I had the lavender. I had every song picked out in order to help coach me through it and to stay bonded. And it really does work. It really, really makes it amazing. So if you know you're having a planned cesarean, these are little things you can do. Like Mm -hmm. we would really, you can tell them before it's your birth plan for the cesarean. We would like for you to hold that baby up immediately over the curtain so I can see the baby and then you don't see the baby upside down you see the baby straight straight on and then you have that it's my baby moment just like mamas who have the vaginal birth have that you have that too and so that's huge put that in your birth plan if you're having a cesarean birth and um and then to talk to your baby you know that the baby will have to be separated and and you will need to have to be sewed up and there'll be a, a, a maybe 20 minutes to an hour that will you will be separated so in that moment when when you when you're kissing your baby and you're smelling and you're snuggling before you separate you know mama's right here with you mama's mama loves you so much and i'm, I'm going to be right there and we're going to nurse very soon okay so the other side is for women out there who you know, perhaps they already started the birth process, they went into labor, it, labor did not progress, and it ends up being a cesarean. So a lot of the times, you're, I, I'm assuming, this hasn't happened to me, but for the ladies here, I would imagine you're somewhat in a fog, everything's happening so fast. I don't know if you have a lot of time to process these feelings until afterwards. So once your baby is born, what advice do you have for mothers out there that have been through a cesarean that was unplanned, um, that they didn't want but are processing those feelings afterward. Processing birth afterwards is a, is a really important. Um, it's really good to not be telling your birth story to everybody. You know, really kind of just keep it more internal for a while until you're ready um, because it will evolve over time. But when you're at home and you're nursing that baby or when you're up late at night and the thoughts come into your head, oftentimes what will happen is we will go into and, and replay the birth in our head and then think of, well, if I would have done this prenatally, or if I would have done that, I could have prevented this. Or, which is what that's doing is we're blaming ourselves, really. Right. Ultimately, we're going down and we're saying, it's my fault. I didn't do enough, you know, affirmations. I didn't do enough yoga. I didn't do enough this. I'm not good enough, right. is what it kind of comes down to. Um, well, ultimately, it comes down to. And then the other part that we can do also, other thing we tend to do is um, maybe blame others. And say, well, if my doctor would have been this, if he would have said this, if he didn't say that, I would have been more empowered. Or, you know, um, if my husband would have been more supportive. Or, you know, we kind of look for either blaming ourselves or we blame others. To really, the mind is just really looking for an answer to why it happened the way it did. Some things you can do um, in order to, you know, in those very precious days afterwards when you're spending time just processing and healing on your own um, you can really start to journal and so this is some advice I'm giving you from Pam England's book The Labyrinth of Birth write down stream of conscience writing just what was your pre-birth fantasy you know and then what you know what was it you were hoping everybody to be in that moment or so just let it all out on paper 
And then you close your eyes and you go inward and, and you let your birth story sort of play in your mind like a video. You just kind of let it start from labor all the way till the immediate postpartum. And you play it in your video and you watch for moments that are really charging, like that really charge, emotionally charged moments. And, um, and take note of that. Take note of those. Just jot them down, a few words, you know, in the pre-op or when my baby was taken away or just, just kind of do some quick notes and jot it down. And then go in and think about one of those that's wanting to be understood more, one of those charged moments. Go back to that and then close your eyes and um, visualize it again and write it down. Write this question down. Allow yourself to answer it um, from within your heart. What are you telling yourself about yourself because this happened? So things like I am powerless or I, these are, it's a negative self-belief that we end up carrying, not on a conscious level, but we carry it with us as a mother. Um, So then, you know, what you can do is I'm just going to read to you this beautiful quote by Pam England in there. And, And you can read this and then really hope the wisdom, you know, sinks in so you can find a new belief and let that old belief die. She says, self love and forgiveness are the keys to healing. So at this time, the unwished for event happened, such as a cesarean, you were utterly immersed in it. You may have been exhausted, afraid, overwhelmed while having to make these decisions. You wanted to do the right thing, the best thing, or perhaps you just wanted to end the intense experience. So consider this that on the day you gave birth, At the moment this unwished for event happened, you did the best you could based on everything you knew at that moment. Based on everything life had taught you up to that moment, you did the very best you could. And the only thing you could do based on who you were in that moment. So the profound mystery of birth, including how your birth unfolded as it did, can never be really understood with the mind. Your mind can come up with theories, but it can never fully explain why anything happens. So after kind of really letting that soak in and, you know, go in and then really start to journal again and play play that internal birth video again, but with this level of self-acceptance and what I heard from from all of you was this level of radical self-acceptance which is oftentimes a lifelong journey for us as women to accept. And birth is one of those times when we really got to have that radical self-acceptance and to really just have radical self-acceptance and self-love. Then from that place, go in and and maybe create a new belief about yourself. I, I really did birth with wisdom. I really did the highest, what was best. I find those moments when you know, you really were in your heart or you really did listen to your intuition. So we tend to focus on all the problems that happened. Can you find one exception you know, in the midst of it all where you felt a connection with your baby or where you, there's always something that we're overlooking. Mm-hmm. And then let that really be the, in the forefront of your healing and let that be who you really are in that moment. So then you can journal about that and you can write down maybe a new pinpoint, pinpoint a new belief, you know, I am powerful or I did birth my baby. And and then 
make it on little sticky notes and hang it up all over your house and remind yourself and bring that into your everyday. Um, and that's that's one one way you can kind of find new meaning for a cesarean birth that was is really difficult to process. Sure. Well, Shelley, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And as Shelley mentioned, that that is an excerpt or part of the Labyrinth of of Birth book by Pam England. We actually have a copy of the Labyrinth of Birth book to give away to one of our listeners. So if you guys would like a chance to win that copy, you can go to our website, look for this episode, and in the comments section, share one thing you learned after listening to our episode today, and we'll select a winner at random. Thanks so much to Shelly and all of our panelists for being here today, for opening up your hearts and your minds. I'm sure our listeners got a lot from it, and I really appreciate you being here and sharing that with us. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, we'll talk about different resources available for women who have had an unplanned cesarean. To learn more about our club, visit preggypals.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Before we wrap today's show, here's Jeanette McCulloch with some of the best online pregnancy resources. Hello, Peggy Pals. I'm Jeanette McCulloch of Birthswell. We at Birthswell believe that you, as a mother, will make the right decisions for your pregnancy and birth when you have access to evidence-based information and a strong support system. That's why I'm here to share with you new media tools to find the information that's right for you. Today, I'm going to talk about a serious topic, but it deserves our attention. Most of us have heard of postpartum depression, but what we are learning is that mothers can be affected with a mood disorder at any time during childbearing and can include not just depression, but also OCD, anxiety, and in very rare cases, psychosis. About 15 to 20% of all mothers and mothers-to-be experience some type of perinatal mood or anxiety disorder. If you or someone you know is struggling beyond the normal ups and downs of pregnancy or time after birth, the website Postpartum Progress is a rock-solid peer-to-peer resource. The site was created by mom Catherine Stone after her own struggles with postpartum OCD. Here you'll find information written in what she calls plain mama English, meaning no medicalese is spoken here. There's a comprehensive list of symptoms, including warning signs for when you need to seek immediate help. You'll also find information on treatment options, including those that are compatible with breastfeeding. Dads and partners, if you are listening, there's a section here just for you, too. Most importantly, when you're reading, you feel like you are hearing from someone who just gets it. Remember, this is a peer-to-peer resource and not a substitute for medical attention. You can find the site at postpartumprogress.com. You can also find Catherine Stone on Twitter. Follow the link from her website. Thanks for listening to today's tools for finding the information that's right for you, and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips in the future. 
Okay, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.